And now it's recording. Can we maybe just check that podcast, actually? Vocal Trails Podcast. www.reblex.cl.com <laughs> That was deep, eh? Oh, you can do both. With Llewellyn Lloyd and Rory Scaffer. Okay, so it's episode four. We're not lining enough for Santa. And you can hear me fine. You just ruined the flow by asking if we're going with it. That's quick. <laughs> I'm ready when you are. It's happening. Welcome back, Rory. Um, last time I had you on was episode one, when I was still training for Trans Provence 2023. Mm. Sure, that went well. <laughs> Isn't Trans coming up soon? Like two weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it happened. What was it? Somewhere. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. yeah, so we missed that. So next year, next year. But in the meantime, um, Tell us who you are, bro, and welcome back, because your role at Focal Trails have changed a bit. Hmm, sure. Who I am and what I do, that's quite a complex question. So I'm Rory Skeffer. Yes, not I just um, want to set the, rec- set, a, set the record straight here. It's pronounced Skeffer, not Sheffer, but yes. I won't hold it against you either way. <laughs> um, I am a runner slash photographer slash coach slash videographer slash all around cool guy. Yes. If I do say so myself. <laughs> um, yeah, so since we last spoke, obviously I was... The plan was to have, I was coaching you to, to get you to Transbovians, which the sensible decision was made to defer to next year. And as I said, a goal deferred is still a goal achieved, <laughs> which it's not. That's horrible advice. Don't listen to me. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think it was a good decision. Life got quite busy, which I think you'll talk about now, but life got quite busy. We have to pay the bills. Things were quite hectic and... You had to go overseas for a nice three three week stint to yes, follow a small well, bicycle race there, um, yeah. which put the training obviously to become non-existent. So, yeah, I think pushing it to next year is a sensible decision, and we can train for it better and put better building blocks in place and make sure that you cross the line, the start line and the finish line at Trans Strong and achieve the goal that you want to achieve and do well. And um, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know if we should talk about it because it seems quite braggy if I mention where I was. Okay, well, then I'm going to mention it. Oh, yeah, yeah, please Llewellyn do that. was at oh. uh, uh, the Tour de France. La Tour. La Tour, following <laughs> the race for three weeks. Uh, I kept getting updates from him every day about where he was and the people that he was seeing. And I don't think you didn't know much about the tour before you went. Well, well, I mean, the riders I, and the teams. I, I, and yeah, I mean, I knew, knew it existed. They, yeah, it, it existed. Um, I knew there was a team format. They rode on the tour and they went up steep mountains. That was about it. Like, it's very embarrassing to say that out of everyone, I got the opportunity to go and shoot it because I feel it's quite unfair. I don't think that's embarrassing. I think <laughs> that's... You grabbed an opportunity that was given and as anyone should... And I think it was very cool. And from what I saw, it looked epic. And I'm super sure. jealous and super keen to go at some point. If, so if there's any teams listening, please. Yes. If you need a med- if you need a media team or someone to take photos yeah. or even just carry water bottles, I'm your guy. <coughs> EF education. Uh, EF. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So I think it was it was quite interesting watching watching you go. And I'm like, oh, have you seen such and such? Have you seen this person? Your response was what? Who? Yeah, uh, like who? Yeah. Who's that? Are they wearing pink or are they wearing yellow and black? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. but I mean, just what a what an opportunity! Like you mentioned now, and experience seeing other cultures, 
other part of the world, people coming together in sport. And I think actually that's a very good segue onto what we are doing here because we both like shoot professionally. I'm trying to be an athlete and run and carry my body across a mountain somewhere or on a mountain bike. Um, I think you do it a lot better than I do. But that's basically what this podcast grew into now, is more of a platform where we share stories from adventures with athletes and people. Yeah, and um, I think it's a, it's a, we were chatting about this earlier. I think it's not just coming from our perspective and having our knowledge of the people that we're interested in or their pursuits. It's also about us learning. So I don't only want to chat to people that are in the running world or the trail running scene or that's like, it would be cool to chat to people doing completely different sports and activities that I know nothing about because just like everyone listening Ooh. I also want to learn new things and learn about it and not come from a place of you know well having some knowledge of the activity but also just being able to learn and hear what these people do and how what it takes you know I know nothing about ice climbing and I know there's people in South Africa that ice climb I didn't know that was the thing until the other day um isn't there this other thing that I recently actually heard of? Well, I've known of it, but then it got brought up in conversation again. The endurance horse riding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's a very big one happening in South Africa at, sure, now I forgot the town, for Smith, they start. And then that's a very big thing. And I mean, that's like apparently like a week of horseback riding through the wilderness and you have to check your horse every now and then and check the temperature of that and the heart rate of the horse and otherwise you get disqualified if the heart rate of the horse doesn't drop i mean that would be rad hearing some stories of that yeah i've, I've i know of people that that have done it um there used to be a race across the transcar i forgot what it was called um it's endurance racing yeah it looks intense like i've ridden a horse before Riding a horse just in general is hard enough. I can only imagine what it's like for a week back-to-back -back racing these things across cheap. There's places I wouldn't even walk. Have I told you about the time when I shot a thing for Kway and they just surprised me oh, by a horse, horse. brew? <laughs> so get this, we rock up in the city. Um, it was myself, Grobler... Uh, Lundy and Christian and your name just slipped out. Sorry for that. But the whole idea was for me to be in a car as part of the support crew and then go from point A to B and then around like checkpoint for checkpoint for checkpoint. The morning of that we were supposed to start, they go like, listen, so this car has a problem. It needs to go back into South Africa to get fixed. It will join us later on the route. So you have to take your camera back, clothes that you obviously did not pack for horseback riding, and spend the next seven days horsebacking, I think it was 680 k's or something, through Lesotho. So you rode every day with your staff yes. across Lesotho? Yes. So you went from 100 horsepower, 70 horsepower, to one horsepower? Yes. Nice. And it was brutal. Um, best experience ever. Um, I think I still ha might have photos somewhere of it, but so serene. I mean, did you fall off? Nearly once, nearly once. And I remember looking back 
Um, Sumpy that's always winning four peaks from Wilmanshoek. Yes. Dude, when I looked back after the whole deal, horse ran away, I kind of stopped it eventually, and he caught up, and his eyes was like this big. You can't see, but very big. <laughs> sure. What's a cool mission that you shot, like story-wise? Surely there must be. There's, it's a hard, it's, it's hard, eh? Um, so I've done a lot of events, but I mean, I've done, I did EA, the West, that's actually where I met you. I followed the Merrill mentor team with Graham Bird and Nick yes. and Pierre and yes. uh, James Speed. The four of them were in a team. That was really fun. That was, my, that was when I got into photography. No, um, man, surely not. That was my first paid gig. Sure, yeah. okay. 2018, 2018 when I'm at Orlando. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's when, that was when I was still shooting with Xavier. We had the mountain room, which has now become mountain room, and he has immigrated, and yeah, we're still, we're still doing it. Anyway, I digress. Um, so that was, that was a really cool experience. It was seven day, five days. Well, I mean, it was seven days because we shot, we'd worked before, and we were exhausted at the end of it, and I remember it being long, but the story component of that was really cool being a fly on the wall watching an adventure racing team and not being able to interact with them and be part of it but still see what's going on and I remember there was one night where someone got bitten by a spider and the team was sleeping but they didn't tell the team and it was it was a whole thing um sure yeah okay and we couldn't like interfere and like help or it, it was quite it was quite quite something so that was quite a cool one um I've shot MP the motorbike race twice now. Um, what's cool about that is like because I can ride a motorbike, like I often just ride along the route and ride with them. So I get to experience two two things. I get to ride a motorbike and shoot the guy. So that's that's cool. But like as far as stories go, I can't think of too many. Oh wait, hang on, that's rubbish. I've just shot. We've just made a documentary. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I'm speaking too soon, yeah, if we are allowed to share this, but... About a person. About a person running a cool race. Yes, very cool race. With with an ailment. Yes. Um, I can't, yeah, we, I don't know if we can disclose it at this point, so I don't want to no. say too much because it hasn't been launched yet, but we, me and you both worked on that. Yes, um, it was a privilege. I mean, that also took us to quite cool places. Yeah. And, yeah, I just... Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's what, difficult what, now because we can't say a lot about it. But it was cool working oh. on it. It was a guy with an ailment that ran a race, his first time doing the race at that distance, having not really had too much experience in running. It was a trail running race. I mean, yes, we can, we can disclose that much at least. Um, and that was that was very cool. And we got to see, be part of the training, the build up, listening to his story, and following and documenting it. So I'm looking forward to that launching. I think I can't wait to see. And yeah, it was cool to work with you on that project. Did you know anything about um, expedition racing before you shot it in 2018? A little bit. Really? A little bit, yeah. Sure. Not not too much. That was kind of when I got introduced to it. I mean, because before that I was trail running and paddling and cycling. So kind of the people that ah. I trained with were all doing it. I had never done one. I have done one since. Not an expedition, but I've done a couple of small ones. The 120K 24-hour races. Oh, very nice. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a very cool sport. It is, eh? Yeah. That's how I got into photography, so by the way. Oh. Have I never told you? No. I just met you there and I assumed that... Oh, no. Like, not that event, the previous one, I think. 
that was 2016 or 17 when they raised St. Francis. That was my first actual event. So that came from shooting random local events in Bloom. Um, I think we still had the Bloemfontein Classic, I think it was called. It was like a road race and there was like a 24-hour race that was hosted and I shot that. But I shot that for a free entry. So as you go, yeah. Not and no. exposure. Because yes. we, all, we all love paying rent with exposure. Yes, yes. But, um, and then I got into being part of the media in inverted brackets for the expedition. And I just remember spending a week in St. Francis. Like uh, it went through the Bavian's Cliff. We slept in the cliff, had like a river crossing cliff section, whatever. Uh, was not packed for gear wise at all that time. So I had like a sweat bug brick on and you know, just all the wrong stuff in the wrong places, but a camera and eager to get a shot. Like what, what camera were you shooting on for your first time? Your. And what lens? And did you know how to, did you know the difference between lenses? No, but I, I, I did know the difference between the M and the AV and the TV on my... And the my, green auto square. Oh, my camera never had that. Oh. Like, none of them ever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you started with the decent cameras. Uh, no, I think um, the first event that I shot was the 850D, but I saw, shot on that um, that kit that you used to buy, like the 1855, the 50mm, okay. and the something 300, 17 Your 300. first oh. camera was a Nikon 850D? No, man, Canon. Oh, Canon. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking yeah. the 850. Yo, that's... Yo, yo. Oh, no, bro, not like, the big I leagues. Just, I just put that on a public forum that yes. I got that the wrong way around. Um, <laughs> sure, okay. But anyway, I spent the week doing that, and it was such an enriching environment with all the people like-minded. I mean, you know how it goes. With You totally immerse yourself because that's what you live and breathe for a week. And I left after price giving. Had to be back the Monday at work. So that was like, I got back Sunday morning, Monday, I walked into like a meter by meter cubicle. And I just decided, no, this can't be life forever and always. And then I resigned. That day? Well, I mean. End of that month. Sure. Yeah. Without thinking it through like nothing. So it was a, like quite a long time of, you know, blicky scores and running and walking anywhere because I don't have money for fuel. But we made it. I mean, Oh, look good. at you now. You look what you are now. Shooting yeah. big events, shooting flipping Tour de France. Yeah. No, not there's, there's a very handful of photographers that can say they've done that. So I think. Whoa. Yeah. Makes very sense. Cool. That's very cool, man. <laughs> only yeah, only and upwards from here. Yeah, and I mean, it's good. It's good to share stories and to like tell people where we are from and I think it's uh, this might grow into a very cool podcast or platform yeah because like we just open people and we want to share and listen and yeah ins well not inspire it's a very big word to use well That's I think that we want to share people's stories and hear people's stories yes yeah especially uh, I think that's that for me. That's the biggest thing is being able to meet people from different walks of life and doing different things and across the board. I mean, do you know the 
the best dart player in the world. <laughs> How cool would it be to chat to him? Exactly. Hey, I don't know any dart players that do it professionally, but it's a thing. I don't know of any. So I, that's, I think, what could be so cool about this platform is it's not as, I mean, it's, it's, it's general, but not specific. Yes. Um, but it is also specific and not quite general, if that makes sense. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's about sharing stories and it's, it's not on a specific stories. theme. I think inspiring was the wrong word and we should use encourage. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, like my life changed because I made the decision to kind of be out there and this is what I love to do. And I think a lot of people hide behind the fact that they only see pros doing things or they think people are crazy that's doing like a hundred miler. But as soon as they start with the 5K, they might end up loving it and then doing a 10 and then the bite kind of of the bug kind of bites and then you go into your marathon and then you've done all the marathons and then... Like, I mean, what did you used to run? I've run... So my my, my running journey has kind of been a little bit backwards. Oh, how so? I, I started... Maybe not backwards, but I progressed. I pro, pro, progressed to ultra distances quite quickly. Okay. I went from becoming. I started running to lose weight, and then became pretty good at it, and then pursued it a bit more, and then decided to go longer and longer and longer and longer, as South Africans like to do. Good yes. comrades. I mean, I'm not bashing it. I'm probably doing comrades next year. Um, Have you run it before? I haven't, and everyone should run it, in my opinion. Which I. Which is big coming from me. If you know me, that's massive because I've <laughs> always said like, I don't, I'll never do comrades. Was your comrades what Iron Man is to an adventure athlete? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, then I did. Yeah, I went. I did a couple of. Well, my, my biggest biggest focus was the ultra stuff, so fifty to hundred k, and then beginning of last year. No, yeah, at beginning of last year, I kind of decided I want to switch things up a bit and focus on the road a bit and go kind of step away from the ultra scene and run shorter and work on my speed and see how fast I can go on the marathon on the road, which I will tell you right now, marathon training is harder than any training I've ever done for any ultra. It is brutal. But didn't you end up with that in the Boston marathon? New York. New York. New York. My bad. Yeah. Um, That didn't, yeah, I mean, we ran New York last year. Um, Francie, my wife and I, which was very cool. A very, very nice experience. The people are insane. Like the crowds are insane. Yes. The people are crazy. Like it's it, the crowds are crazy. It's just phenomenal. I didn't have a great race though. I had all had intentions to go a lot faster than I did, and then the the weather was. I mean, I can make all the excuses. The but time, I mean, you, the travel, the weather, all of it. But like, yeah, and leading up, I mean, your schedule was quite booked as well, yeah. and you were quite busy, and you yeah. couldn't train as much, and yeah, but. Uh, life yeah life happens right yes and it's just it's just a race you know you spend all your time like we spoke about just now you do a lot to gain a little yes um yes and that's that's what running is about um so yeah i think to go back to how my journey's been backwards is now i'm focusing on the shorter stuff on the road not to say that i'm a road runner i don't want to box myself into being a specific type of runner like i still do trail runs every now and then and I still enjoy being out in the mountains, but I've just got a little bit more focus on the road at the moment. And hopefully that translates to when I want to go back and do the, the longer stuff again. Okay. Um, like if you look at the guys racing at UTMB, the OCC guys, 
last year, I think the winner that ran OCC, which is the 56K distance at UTMB, runs a 215 marathon. So if you can't run faster than the marathon, you can't compete in international stage, even on the ultra stuff. Sure. They're so fast. Like Jim Wormsley is ridiculous. And he's just won the 100 miler, but he, he's exceptionally quick over the marathon and half marathon. Like, yeah, you need, so do you you need think, the speed. Do you think it's beneficial doing both? I think they work very nicely together. Would you have time? Or is that just for the exceptional... Or the exception to the rule when you're like a pro athlete, you have time to train for both or enter both and run both. I think, and this is how I view it, if you're focusing on a specific race and discipline, so in this case, marathon road, for example, yeah. most 90%, 85-90% of the training will be specific for that. And then the rest will be like your recovery runs and your longer runs kind of go on the trails and you know, just to like switch things up and add variety to your training. But I wouldn't, you know, it's, I'm finding, I found it difficult when I was training for, when I was still living in Cape Town, trying to train for oceans and trail races to, you can be like, if you're trying to split it down the middle, you can become good at both, but I struggle to become better at one. Oh, uh, cool. So like the jack of all trades, but yeah. most of none yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So are you keen on doing a, uh, Mountain bike mission? Yes. Ooh, that's good to know. <laughs> so I, I, know, I know where you're going with this. Oh, yes. Oh, you know. <laughs> you know already. Yeah. <laughs> so I did drop some hints, but there's a thing that I would love to do in the Eastern Cape. And I think once we sorted out the routes, we might share some snippets of it onto our socials. Um, but I'm quite looking forward to it. And we'll just do that for training for me for trans, and I don't want to do it alone. So... New adventure, new stories, and I think, I don't know if it's fine with you, we can feature a bit of our prep and stuff around it on the podcast, yeah. Absolutely. Are you going to train us for that? Yeah. Sure. Because I mean, I'm going to try. It is going to be base training coming in soon, now for year end. Yeah. Does a lot of athletes actually do base training still, or is it the myth, or no, how, how no, does it work? No, it's... Base training is basically, so if you, in the building blocks before, I mean, base training doesn't necessarily only mean like starting from zero and that's your base. It's starting from an point, a point, and building. So if, let's say, let's use comrades, for example, it's still, it's in June, July next year. We have like a couple of months, like a good couple of months. Any athlete training for that now would spend a bulk of their time now doing base training, easier miles. They're not going to do anything specific. So basically, oh, so just running for the sake of running. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, sake of running, but also, it, I mean, it's it's planned. So everything's that like, but it's that like easier, easier efforts, longer, more endurance-based efforts, and then closer to the time you start ramping up your your either your mileage or the intensity, and you build from there. So building your base is building the foundation, getting your body strong and ready. That makes sense. Yeah. So then this will be the best form of entertainment while you do base training, basically. Yeah. Because we're going to put out podcasts. We will try and do it like once a month. Yeah. Yeah, once a month, twice a month, an episode maybe. Yeah. And I think you are going to host some with more professional athletes for the beginning. And I'm going to talk more to... The average guy like myself that has done adventures. 
I know there's one coming up with a guy that's done five trans Pavillons races. And then there's another one with a guy that's done Freedom Challenge. So, I mean... Oh, that's another event. Oh, it's such we, a beautiful event. We can have a whole event. podcast episode on that. We should. We should. And, I mean, you shot, like, a part of it. Well, I shot Freedom Circuit. So the but, I mean, that is the start of it, the first yeah. 500Ks, probably, of the 2,105 journey. I mean, I just You've got seen? the taste. And it's, <laughs> sure, that what an event. That's... If you haven't if you haven't heard of Freedom, yes. Freedom Challenge is the race across South Africa. Yes. The cycle from Peter Maritzburg to Cape to Wellington. 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 And the Cape. Um, there's shorter options, but that's the full one. Llewellyn and I both worked on the Freedom Circuit, which is a newer race that they've launched, which starts in Underberg and finishes in Underberg. So it's a loop, not a point to point. Ooh, good news about that though. Um, this year, next year, this year. In April next year, twenty twenty four. They only had the 500 and 700k options, right? They introduced a new one, full GPS, right? Um, still self-sufficient, but you do get very nice aid stations. But there's a 200k option now. Ooh. Yo. And I mean, for a lot of racing snakes out there and people just getting into the sport, like the Manga Grid type athletes, 200k's, like perfect, perfect. Especially so early in the year, because then you can like kind of start now yeah train for that i mean it's april and you I can think. use it as a training event for your bigger stuff where you can oh. like fine-tune your a stations your sleep because i mean you if you even sleep but yes you know you can fine-tune how you pack your bike and get used to it in a race format but not have to break your body and go i mean it's like yeah but just full the close disclosure that that 200k isn't just the easy 200k it's it's gonna be a proper It'll be freedom Underberg style. Mountain two hundred K. Like you'll prepare yourself for like an event. <laughs> yeah, well, that's gonna be cool to watch. Or Listen, do. but I think this is enough for like introduction episode. How do you feel about it? Should we maybe just invite people to reach out, yeah. get in touch, so, share stories, let us know who we should talk to you. Yeah. Who should talk to who? So I have, I have a question for you then. Who, Ooh. where can we find the podcast? Oh, so the podcast is available as always on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or at the moment my website, which is www.reblex.co.za under the podcast tab. Which is, so obviously Apple and Spotify, you can download and listen later. Yes, offline. So, offline. Ooh, the beauty of it. Eh? Yeah. Especially with load shedding, um, cellular towers dropping, but check out the website because there's some cool photos of tour. I think the first ones is of Vingegaard drinking water. That's a delicious photo. Oh, don't give away everything, bro. Sorry. Go check it out for yourself. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I so think, yeah, and then just maybe just touch on like what, where we're we going with this and what the vision is and how it came up. So we just shot Cockleaf this last weekend and that's where. Yes, where we got this idea. Yeah. And I think it's beneficial to have like two hosts going around talking to people, especially you with a much more broader line of expertise and experience within the racing scene. Because you did say you did some running, which I feel is very unfair because you ended up doing records at, what was it, UTD? No, not UTD. Well, um, I, I, I want it. I don't know if the record counts because it's a completely different route when I did it. Sure, it does count. Okay. I feel it counts. Um, yeah. What race did you win? Record? UTD. Was it UTD? Yeah. Yes. Fish River Canyon. 
55k 65k sure um, yeah. and then i had whale at one stage whale of trail sure i had that at one stage yeah so i mean this is why rory is much more suited talking to pro professional athletes or well athletes that's on the podium regarding their experiences and how to train and then that will obviously give our listeners much more insight to the event of how the pros prepare what's tips and tricks and just they're still human so just relaying that into our audience yeah and then i will focus more on experience and hopefully just encouraging people that's the word encouraging people to actually do their own adventures whether that be like just and that can be anything yeah i mean just waking up a saturday morning for a park run it's your first 5k like you run walk run walk run walk it's excellent yeah. or then some random oak deciding to paddle the null river you never know i mean Adventures, adventures. The level of achievement on both spectrums is the same. Yes. Whether it's your first 5K or your first 100 miler, or if you're winning the races or coming and just finishing, just coming in under cutoff. Those are stories. Story. Story. Yo. Comrades. Comrades last year. Was it Comrades? Was it in Cockcliffe? Well, I, I mean, now oh. that I think about it, that's where the stories are. At the end of both of those races, I've shot guys coming in at the down under the wire Ooh. at Cockcliffe in 2019, 2019. The guy finished with 30 seconds to go at the 100 miler. You have 36 hours to run this race, and the guy finished with 30 seconds to go. I got shots of it. It was emotional. It was beautiful. It was spectacular. And then last year, I was working on a documentary for Comrades, and I was given the brief of the finish line cutoff at 12 hours. And I followed a gentleman in. Shame he didn't make it under cutoff, but oh, shame. it was like the most inspiring story. He's carrying a son. I think it was someone related to him. It wasn't his wife, I don't think, but carrying a sign, running for this person, and he just kept collapsing. As he came into the stadium, he collapsed. Then no one could help him up because you're not allowed to help people up. He made him, he got up himself, and I'm just sitting there with the camera feeling like complete asshole filming this work. But the story and the power of like, he didn't want to quit. And he just, just didn't make it. But that's where the stories are. Exactly. And uh, we just saw it at Cockcliffe now. Yep. That lady that won the 100 miler. Yes. Um, what did she do last year? Because you actually reminded me of this. Because we spoke about... Didn't she just finish like... No, last year she... Last year... So the contrast was... Yes. Last year she finished on the... The race finishes at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. She finished in that last hour. Oh, like... 730 or whatever. 730, 745, whatever yeah. it was. But like just also just, just made it and now this year she won it. And finished oh. in the dark on the Saturday. It was It was epic, eh? Yeah. And especially like her parents, yes, that like who throats a love us. Proud moment, whatever, with the dad, with a tear. Your, oh, that I was think, yeah, your best photo. That was special, your but I mean, this is the stories. This is what we would love to hear. I mean, yeah. and a lot of people have them, so they should reach out and then let us know so we can talk to you. Yeah. you who's listening now, right now? We want to speak to you. Yeah.